you ever stuff. driven a Porsche, Jordan? I have. I used to have one. And then I and then I, and then I bought it from him. Out. It was a 924, so it wasn't real. Fast little car. It was fast. Yeah, but it was it it was throaty and it was loud and like yeah. it was fun to be on the freeway going like super fast and you're still just in fourth gear and you hit the gas and it goes even faster and then you have a whole nother gear left. Oh my god! <laughs> yep. I rented one for five days. Uh, Cayman GTS. Uh huh. And, and the funniest thing was uh, it's my wife's birthday and I bought I got it around my wife's birthday and it's her birthday. I'm like. I'm, let's go take the Porsche out. You drive. So I hand her the keys. She gets in, start driving. It's a stick shift. Of course, you have to get a stick shift. Oh, Otherwise, of course. it's no fun. Uh, so we start driving. She, she gets on the freeway ramp and she's driving at 60 miles an hour. And she's just driving it. And she's like, you know, can I be honest? Honestly, I think uh, a Ford Mustang is more fun to drive, is what she tells me. That's I'm like, blasphemy. I'm like, have you, have you, you haven't tried this thing yet. She's like, no, I'm driving it. I'm like, no, no, take it off the freeway, go up in the mountains, and then drive it. And <laughs> as soon as she got off, she puts it in like the third gear. She's driving at like 40 miles an hour. I'm like, okay, go back to the two, go back to the second gear, and pump this baby, and pump it through the entire corner. It doesn't care. It stays on. She's like, you're, you're, you're freaking kidding me. So she starts pumping the gas. And after like the fourth corner, mind you, she, she has motion sickness, but this woman was driving like a maniac. <laughs> she was going off. She's like, this is so much fun. This thing won't budge. It just stays. It stays yep. on, on, rails. <laughs> on rails. On rails. On rails. Oh, yep. my God. Yep. That's... Uh, so car. fun so by the fun. end of it she was taking corners in like at like 60 miles an hour she was like loving it <laughs> she's like we got to get one of these like yeah yes. we yes. all have dreams to aspire to it's great exactly. definitely well you know just uh want to welcome you all back to the should be common knowledge podcast i'm moderating today again my name is jonathan and i'm here with luke hi i'm luke and jp how's it going everybody welcome back and we want to welcome you here to the podcast. This is episode two. We're excited to move this right along and uh, explore some new amazing topics with you guys each uh, episode. Hope you've been enjoying the, the uh, topics so far. Please let us know if you want to hear about some new things or different things. Uh, reach out to us on our social media at SBCK Podcast. Uh, definitely check it out. We'd love to hear from you. Any ideas, any uh, thoughts on the show, please leave some comments. Definitely uh, fun to interact with you there as well. Um, Actually, um, our listeners probably don't know that you guys are brothers, but uh, Jonathan and Jordan are brothers. And I got added by your guys' mom on Instagram. Nice. She sent a very <laughs> sweet message to me. She said, hello, Luke. I love the new podcast, and I'm thrilled that you are Jonathan's good friend. He speaks so highly of you and your family. I hope we will meet one day. So we send back. I send back. Hi, Louise. Thank you so much for your kind words. Really appreciate it. Jonathan is a wonderful man and a dear friend. I hope to meet you and your entire family one day. It would mean a lot to me. You all are such wonderful people. Awesome. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, she's a great lady. So we'll definitely have to do a road trip out there. <laughs> definitely. 
So she replied, it will happen if ever you come to or through St. George. I have a guest room for you and your wife. Awesome. It, yes, you wouldn't want to stay with us because it's it's loud and crazy with all the kids. They have, she has a guest room that is the most comfortable bed you'll ever sleep in. And you will go to sleep and not wake up till noon the next day. <laughs> That's great. That's what and I'm it will be for. dead quiet, nice and cool, and just yes. It's like That's a desert cool. oasis there. Like we call it the spa house. It's great. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which is the awesome. Views. They look they look awesome. The views look awesome. Oh yeah. That desert life, you know? Yeah, it's beautiful. It's so fun. It's so great to go there and see. Well, that's cool. I'm so glad that she connected with you. Um You had the nephews over. Yeah, I did. So they just left yesterday. Actually, they're out here for three days. We were doing the whole San Francisco tourist thing, cruising around, hitting up some of their favorite spots. And well, it's nice now that they've already seen most of the tourist things. So we can do some other things, uh, go hit up some of their favorite food places. Uh, We were able to we played some disc golf in Golden Gate Park. We played mini golf down at Ghirardelli and we also went kayaking on the bay up in Sausalito, which was amazing. Um, if you've never done that, we saw seals and porpoise like dolphins, a lot of birds and things. And yeah, it was pretty amazing. Such a great and great views of the city. So much fun. I definitely recommend and a good workout, you know, especially when the wind picks up. <laughs> what have you been up to, JP? Oh, what have we been up to? Nothing. Uh, just another round of COVID. Anderson had it and, uh, you know, we just keep cycling through the family. So we're hoping to be clear of that by the weekend so so we can get out of the house again. So looking forward Man. to that. It's like uh, the, sure. things the, kids, the things the kids bring home from school, right? Yes. Welcome <laughs> back to school. Thank you. Um, I think that's just going to be a reoccurring theme all year that's just going to keep Keep on popping up, but oh well. Uh, everyone out, stay well and healthy. Yeah. So it doesn't affect the little ones too much. So so far so good. Oh, that's that's good. I hope they're doing all right. Well, it's nice to get together again for sure. Um, how are things settling in your uh, new place, Luke? Good. Um, it's been it's been a lot. <laughs> the last two weeks has been moving basically, and I started a new job, so both happening at the same time. Uh, we, we're getting settled in. We moved a lot of stuff tonight again. Hopefully by the weekend, it'll be all done. We have to hand over the keys back up the old place. So we're moving moving along. Oh, that moving process. The move out, then you got to go clean the old place, which is always fun, and then unpack the new place. But it is kind of fun getting a new routine and a new neighborhood, finding new spots. It's kind of like like that travel JP was talking about last time when he said, you know, when you get to a new place, you explore the neighborhood, right? <laughs> Good Pretty thing awesome. is it's, a, it's a four minute commute to my work, to my office from here. Wow. You can't beat that's, that. <laughs> that's pretty good. And it's only 10 minutes away from the old place. So not too bad. Oh, that's perfect. That's perfect. Well, I'm glad it went well. Um, Today we will be looking as as we usually do first for our first topic, which is our person, place, or thing, which uh, this week is brought to you by JP. And again, with this segment, uh, the other two of us don't know really what it's about at all. So I guess it's kind of like stump the chumps, but uh, maybe not. Uh, 
see if we know what he's talking about and see if you do too. So uh, we'll hand it on over to JP for this week's person, place, or thing. Take it away. Hey, well, I wanted to, after last week's little bit of travel, I was in the mood and just kind of thinking, okay, uh, just so what I did was I, I have a whole bunch, I mean, I could go on and on for favorite places and places I want to talk about. Um, but I really kind of didn't want to jump for some of my favorites right off the bat. Uh, we've got a lot of episodes to build in the future, so I want to save some of that. But what I did do was I just opened up my phone, went to my Google Maps, and if you're like me, um, maybe you guys mark your Google Maps and put drop little pins, hey, places you've been, things you want to go see again, or- I definitely do that. I um, definitely do that. <laughs> and so I was definitely thinking I was, you know, have, I have the travel itch and the bug to get to Europe soon. I, I can't wait to get back to Europe. And so I just opened it up and I have a whole bunch of pins over Europe. And I just started, you know, zooming in and just, you know, zooming in, zooming in on my phone, just to some of these pins that I've dropped. And one of these pins, first, I had no idea where this was. I'm like, why did I pin this? Where is this? And I kept going in and in and in. And so I ended up at a spot where I placed it a pin. And that's what our place is going to be today. So I'm not going to tell you right off the bat where it is. Um, I'm just going to almost 20 question this one with you guys. Um, But I'm going to give you one first clue that on its face, I think you should absolutely just guess it. But there's no reason why you should guess it. But I'm just going to give it a try. And I'm not much of a riddle person or anything. But this place, when you go here, <laughs> you were most definitely always on time. On time. Switzerland, I'm thinking clocks. Bird. On time, you're, I'm thinking. You're on, you're on the right path. Okay. I'll, I'm thinking like some line on the map, maybe. Okay. Greenwich, Literally, maybe. What did you say? Greenwich. Of course, there we go. Ding, ding, Aha, bing, bing. bing. Yes, Greenwich. <laughs> you know, I I don't remember ever putting a pin on Greenwich. I'm not sure why, um, but it zoomed in there enough and there it was. I'm like, that is a fantastic little place to go visit when you happen to be in London. I love Greenwich. Uh, and if you have not been there, it is absolutely, I think, a must on any visit because of course, It is the Prime Meridian uh, right there located in Greenwich next to the Royal Observatory right there in the garden. So, of course, that's where I came up with you are literally standing. You are on time. You're standing right on the uh, Prime Meridian right there. Uh, But it's just a wonderful little uh, borough outside of London. Beautiful parks, some of the best views that you're going to find uh, looking back at the city. just one of my favorite places uh, to visit when I'm in London. So uh, have either of you two been? I have. It was a beautiful spot. I've been there a few times, actually. Um, That's probably why I guess it so quickly. The way I would recommend seeing it is from downtown taking a boat, and you end up right there. Um, They have the big Cuddy Sark boat right there, right at where you land. And you can go see it and you wander around. And like you said, the big Maritime Museum is there, which is really cool. And they have all these old ships and things in there. And then this is huge park going up this hill to the observatory on top. 
and where you're on top, you can stand right one foot in either like is it is it each hemisphere, I believe, um, or it's right at where the time zones begin or whatnot. This is but, where they, they they count that as far as zero. So yeah, we're going either way. Uh, Greenwich Mean Time, um, and really, I mean it, it's based on the Naval College and being able to navigate the ships. We had they needed to pick a time, and that's where they placed it. Um, but now they have the National Maritime Museum is there, which is a fabulous museum, uh, the Royal Observatory. And then, like you said, those parks uh, with One Tree Hill, uh, if you walk up there, has some of the best views of the city uh, that you'll find anywhere. And it's just a fabulous place to relax. Um, Luke, have you ever been there? No, I haven't. I've heard a lot about it. Uh, I remember, I recall uh, one of the Dan Brown books uh, I'm not going to quote any because I forgot which one it was, but they talk about uh, the, the Meridian and they talk about that they first thought it was in Paris a long time ago. They call it the Rose Line, and it was oh, like yeah, the yeah. Rose Line and that was where the original Meridian was. And then they uh, did some more research and found out that it wasn't there and it was in Greenwich. Uh, so in the book, I think they, they go Was it the Da Vinci it. Code, one of those? Yeah. Yeah, one of those. I, I forgot which one, but uh, they talk about that a lot. And the other thing that I was, funnily enough, watching this week, I was watching Pawn Stars, and they had an episode where one of them had a clock that they would set to Greenwich main time, and they would take it on a boat and to see what time it was there to have, like, because you could use the sun for east and west. But for north and south, they would use this clock and then the sun to distinct what what their coordinates would be. So that's pretty oh, cool about Greenwich. Just in relation to Greenwich time and the sun to figure out what their local time was. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. And so it, it's a wonderful place. And and what I would suggest, the best time, uh, really every time I've gone there was after, you know, being in London for three, four days and having walked for miles and, really trying to think of, oh, what can I do that I'm not going to have to walk all day long? It's just a great place. Uh, like Jonathan said, go down to Westminster, uh, just go down to the pier down there uh, next to the London Eye, buy a ticket, hop on a boat. It's a wonderful boat ride up the Thames. Uh, go past the, you know, all through the city of London, under the Tower Bridge, all the way around past the Canary Wharf and end up at Greenwich. It's a fabulous boat ride um and it's a great way to just relax and see the city from a different angle really just enjoy yourself there is also a great uh next to the cutty sark they do have the greenwich market uh great little covered market lots of food stalls crafts um, yeah i remember good food over there down the so, side street really, yep yeah really great little uh pubs as well as just some nice markets and some uh, great food so it's just a great afternoon. You don't even have to spend all day there, but it's just a great afternoon trip. Uh, very enjoyable. And just walking around the old Naval College, just a great place overall. So not something that everyone goes to, um, but uh, I think definitely worth a visit if you have time. So next time you're in London, check it out and take a look. We'd love to hear your comments. Post some pictures. If you've been there, post your pictures. Let us know how you liked it. We, we'd love to hear about your trips. All right, perfect. Well, that is our first place in our person placer thing. 
uh, in the episode. So uh, we'll keep more coming in that rotation and uh, look for that segment going forward. Uh, definitely fun to be taken to a random spot person or thing. Let's see now. So now we will uh, pivot over to our main topic. This is our main dose of common knowledge uh, brought to you this week by Luke, uh, who will be guiding us through this portion of the conversation. Uh, as, as you know, or may not know if this is your first episode, we, uh, we definitely have a, a topic that we find interesting or something we want to explore further or that we love that you should know and talk about that. And so this week, uh, Luke will take it away for our dose of common knowledge. Awesome. Thank you for the introduction, Jonathan. Uh, yeah, this week I wanted to do something more on the knowledge base. Um, I don't know a lot about it, uh, but I know that there's a lot of, uh, what do you call that, um, synchrony there when it comes to American history. You guys grew up here. You probably have a ton of knowledge on that. So I thought that would be a great learning experience for me and probably uh, all of our fellow listeners. Um, but as, as I mentioned before, I'm originally, originally from the Netherlands and uh, there's a rich history there between America and the Netherlands, uh, which I will showcase as well. So I wanted to start off with uh, uh, basically the beginning of it, um, which is taking us back to 1626. Peter Minuit obtained the island of Manhattan from the Native Americans in exchange for goods with a total value of 60 guilders, which amounts to $24 in today's date and age. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that's a pretty cheap <laughs> sale, if you ask me. Oh, and, definitely. Uh, <laughs> and then we, we, of course, started uh, in Manhattan. We started with New Amsterdam which we later traded off with the English for Suriname, which was a, a long lasting colony of, of the Netherlands and the kingdom of the Netherlands until 1975. Um, but coming back to that, you'll see a lot of Dutch history and Dutch heritage uh, embedded in basically in, in American history, uh, parts of which starting with New Amsterdam, there's the bur boroughs, there's Brooklyn, which is named after a city in the Netherlands uh, called Breukelen. There's Wall Street, which I also didn't know before, but Wallstraat is a street in Amsterdam itself, um, also known as the red light district these days. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's what Wall Street is named after. Uh, then there's uh, Stuyvesant, uh, the Bronx, which is named after the Dutch settler Jonas Bronck. Uh, Staten Island, I didn't know this one either. It's uh, named after the Dutch parliament, the Staten General. So Staten is Staten Island. Harlem is named after the Dutch city of Harlem. And this one I found extremely funny, uh, and I didn't know that either. Coney Island is named after Konijnen Island. And Konan Island translates to Rabbit Island. Interesting. And Rabbit now they Island. go there. And now they go there and have hot dog eating contests at Coney Island in New York. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the the last part in Queens, Flushing, which is Flissingen, which is uh, a city in 
the south part of the of the Netherlands in in Zeeland. So that's how uh, some of the places even in New York are named nowadays after uh, some Dutch heritage. And then I wanted to go to some presidents. Uh, Martin Van Buren was of Dutch descent. Even Theodore Roosevelt, uh, the 26th president, Roosevelt's most famous for his personality. Uh, his vast range of interest and achievements, uh, but apparently he was also of Dutch descent. Uh, and then it comes down to some of the things that I know that you might be surprised with, some words in English nowadays. There's one that I wanted to start off with, which is a little disputed, uh, but the, the dollar that we know nowadays, some say it comes from the Dutch word dalder. Dalder means two and a half guilders. And that was when the dollar was initiated, that was the price it was. So two and a half guilders would be $1. So that's dollar. If you say it fast enough in, in English, it becomes dollar. Uh, that's one of them. The other one is that it's from uh, a German thing called dollar. Uh, and I don't know. I like the one that it's dollar to dollar. <laughs> not bias no, at all. Uh, no bias at all from our, our Dutch friend. <laughs> you own the dollar. It's all yours. <laughs> so a couple other ones that I found very interesting. Uh, boss comes from the word boss, uh, which means the exact same thing in Dutch as well. Uh, I think one of that I found very interesting is Yankees. Uh, so in Dutch, if, if you're Dutch, the most common names you would find is Jan and Case. And if you combine them, it becomes Jan Case, which sounds like Yankees. Oh, interesting. Uh, apparently, oh yeah, Santa Claus is the big one because it's Sinterklaas. That's what it's named after. Uh, was uh, a holy man dressed in red. <laughs> Uh, and we still celebrate that his birthday is on December 5th. So he's not our Santa Claus in that sense, but we do celebrate his birthday still. Uh, bluff, bluffing is definitely a Dutch word. We, we use it in the exact same context. Uh, rucksack, uh, we say rugsack, which means backpack. Uh, frolic comes, comes from frolic, which means to be happy, to be joyful. Uh, and iceberg. Um, Berg is Dutch for mountain, so ice mountain. Sounds a lot like the German one as well, iceberg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty cool um, just to think about, you know, because, you know, Luke and I always talk about those kind of things with the origins of words and what's this like in German and what's this like in, okay, and, in, in, you know, for like this word is similar in English and German or Danish or Swedish and which ones are similar, which ones aren't, which is from like Germanic, which is from like Old Norse or what's a French word, you know? So those are kind of, this is what like, you know, the one time like Luke's wife asked him like, what do you guys talk about on your hikes? I was like, this kind of stuff. <laughs> so those were definitely some things that I was interested in, but I'm very interested to hear about your guys's history of like American history, some some topic that you might want to start off with, or I don't know, the, uh, apparently also the Dutch were the first to recognize the United States of America. 
So that was uh, pretty interesting. There was another part that I was reading about that the island of St. uh, which was a Dutch colony back in the day, actually held off most of the British troops. Uh, the British actually said that if they didn't, if the Dutch didn't have St. Eustatius, nowadays it would still be British and <laughs> British colony. Oh, interesting. No, I think it's interesting to see the history of things, uh, not just the movement of peoples and culture, but also how it impacts language and um, place. Yeah, I guess I, I, I realized like Harlem was like Harlem in, in, in Holland, but I didn't realize all so many of the other names also were from that time because that was pretty early on in the history of New York City. Like we mentioned in one of the prior episodes, that song about the old New York was once New Amsterdam. That's the uh, Might Be Giant song. If you guys haven't heard it, give it a listen. It's pretty, pretty good. But it's definitely a an interest of mine. Um, JP and I are both of immigrant descent. Our father came from Germany. And, and I've also thought the same thing about, you know, that kind of culture that's come over as well from various places. As you know, America has its native peoples, uh, the First Nation people, and then also waves of immigrants coming, bringing their history and culture and language and fabric to our country. And it's just helped build what it is in the different areas, for better, for worse, with a lot of things that have happened. But um, looking back to see, I think it's it's just helps enrich kind of the fabric of our country to have people from all over. And you can see things around. Like I went last year to King's Day in San Francisco at one of the windmills in Golden Gate Park. It's the one day a year they turn the windmill on and they have a big festival. I, I think you've been to it as well in the past where all the Dutch folks in San Francisco or the Beria come together and celebrate the King's Day and have like a like basically barbecues and hang out and have a good time. So how was that for you to be here in America and see a little bit of your culture like popping up I, you know i see funny things around like one of my favorite ski runs in colorado is it is called the flying dutchman at at, at keystone you know so there's definitely it's probably named after that ghost ship but there's a lot of um like stamps from different uh folks that have come here and helped build this 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 country so i don't know what's yeah. that like for you to see well, King's Day is, is is a national holiday in holland it's uh, the king's birthday actually uh the April 27th uh, every year. So it's it's a big thing in Holland. Like you go into Amsterdam, you cannot, you you won't miss it because everyone's wearing orange. The entire city is like upside down. It's, it's a whole different thing <laughs> when you get there. And it's a whole lot of fun. And I feel like they recreated a little bit because even the, the windmill where they have it in the Golden Gate Park is the, I think it's the Wilhelmina windmill and which is named after our queen. So explain to me the orange. What's the symbolism of the orange in Holland? Because I know your flag is red, white, and blue like ours. But like when your sports teams play, your skaters destroy everyone on the ice. They've all got orange on. What's the deal with the orange? <laughs> so that comes from our, our first king. Uh, we had a war for independence back in the 1800s, I want to say, um, which was uh, William of Orange. So he was William of Orange Nassau. Uh, he was born in Germany. He made it to the Netherlands. And he basically, we have a couple of provinces. Back in those days, we had seven. And he combined all the provinces and fought the War of Independence, the 80-year war that we fought to get our independence from Spain. And so we fought against them. He was also an heir of Orange, which is a, 
a township in uh, France. That's where the orange comes from. And still up until this day, basically the, uh, the royal family is orange Nassau. So it's still his bloodline that lives on and that's why we wear orange. So you can thank the French for your orange. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which we can thank you for, you know, like, well, what do we, don't we have something here, Jordan, like uh, JP, like uh, Dutch pancakes or, or what do we have here? There's, there's plenty of Dutch brunch. <laughs> definitely good stuff that we have brought over uh, as well. Um, that's funny. <laughs> it's like the uh, King of Sweden, his, his, like, his family's from France as well, I think. So the Bernadotes. <laughs> uh, they're all related. At the end of the day, like King George V had his cousin, wasn't his cousin of Romanov or something like that. Like all of the European countries, they have. They're all like cousins. All of them are cousins, all of them. <laughs> they definitely are, which, you know, in America, of course, we uh, don't really have that royalty, but we definitely, I don't know, I think. Like in like some of the the English royalty, some of the biggest fans are in America these days, which is interesting. At least the uh, you know celebrity of it, you know, so which is kind of interesting. <laughs> Actually, uh, I came upon <laughs> upon the topic uh, because I um, signed up with a organization in San Francisco that is like mentoring and helping entrepreneurs from the Netherlands in in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. And the reason I came across that was that the king and queen are actually visiting. Oh, really? When? Sixth and uh, the sixth and eighth of September. Are you going to say wave your flag and wear your orange? So that was the thing. I signed up as a, a mentor for this uh, organization, and they're going to have a speech from the king with the organization some one of those days. So I'm trying to attend that. That will be very cool. Oh, oh nice. Cool. That'll be awesome. Take some pictures and uh, Jonathan will have to post those on the Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that I find that's interesting, which is kind of a commonality, is um, pride of country and pride of place. Americans are crazy. Yeah, we are. And we fly the flag all the time. That's not normal for most people to like have a flag of their nation in their yard all the time or whatnot. But when it comes to sports, oh, my goodness. Um, If you follow Formula One, uh, Max Verstappen with Red Bull, it doesn't matter where in the world that race is. That stadium is full of orange, and that whole country is going nuts for that guy. And it's just crazy. Same thing when the Olympics hit. Swimmers, ice skaters, it doesn't matter. Um, The Dutch are there, and they are in force and loud and proud. Uh, so it's really cool to see. And uh, not not a lot of countries are that involved with all aspects of supporting their their athletes and their sports. And it, it's crazy to watch and because they just dominate the Formula One track circuit uh, just as far as fandom goes. It's wild to see. That's fun. Yeah. And it I, I always find it very interesting to, to see like the heritage that's there, the, the things that we've discovered or the things that we've done and we're still uh as relevant as we are in these days uh seeing the the size of the country because i think we've been like 500 times into america at least uh and we have 17 million people and to still have such a rich history to be all over the world and still have something embedded into a country as this 
uh, America, which I mean, I love it here. I, I've been here for about four years now and I find new things interesting every single day. There's history parts that I'm learning about and things that I just didn't know about. And it's there, there's such a rich history here, even though, uh, you know, Europe is probably a lot older than America in, in a lot of ways, but there's a lot of history here and a lot of things that I think a lot of people can learn about. And I've, I've grown from that. So I, I really appreciate that. Uh, and that's why I wanted to, to kind of like circle back to that as well. Is like for you guys growing up here, you probably learn a lot more in school about American history, of course, because you're growing up here. Uh, are there any topics, things that come to mind uh, about American history that you guys want to share? Well, I think it's interesting, like where JP and I grew up in Utah, there are a lot of folks that came from Europe due to the history of Utah in that region. And when folks immigrated there across the plains to the West, and there were folks from all over, from England, from Iceland, from from Holland and Germany and, and all throughout Europe, mostly early on that were coming over, you know, and you see those um, depictions like in old Westerns of like the European immigrants coming in there covered wagons and so on. Um, so we kind of grew up with that big identity of like where we came from because people were really proud of their heritage and where their people had come from and people would trace that back. Um, there's also a large, as you may be aware, like uh, presence of Scandinavians and Germans and Dutch throughout the Midwest, like Wisconsin, Minnesota. Um, I think most of the Dutch are in Michigan, Iowa, Illinois, Ohio, um, Wisconsin, those those kind of areas um, through the Midwest where the bulk of the folks settled that immigrated and, and they definitely leave their stamp there as the nation was growing, you know, and moving out um, from the older, more populated East Coast and people setting out on a, you know, on an adventure to claim and start a new life. Um, and I've seen and I don't know if you've ever been in any of these little towns where they kind of have clung on to their identity, like like Lindborg in, in, in Kansas is a very Swedish town and they kind of play it up for the tourists. And they have like New Braunfels in Texas is a, a German town. Um, there's some in uh, all throughout, sprinkled throughout the Midwest in the West, there are these towns or, or Sylvania in uh, Southern California by Santa Barbara. That was Danish. Hey, so are you going to Swiss days next in a couple of weeks? I'm going to be up there in Utah for uh, Labor Day. I fly on the Sunday. Yeah, Swiss days. Just another one of those. There's a town called Midway up in the mountains. Up in, it looks like you're up in the Alps. The Swiss in Alps. Utah, and it's where a lot of the Swiss settlers went, and they have these big, this big celebration every end of every summer called Swiss Days, and they have like booths and food and Swiss dancers and yodelers and all this stuff. You know, and all the <laughs> all the homes in town look like Swiss chalets. Um, yeah, oh, you know, yeah. there's a big resort up there, the Zermatt Resort, with like. Hot, there's hot springs there and stuff and yeah it's pretty cool yep. i will be going to that i think possibly i'll be up there in town anyway and uh, get some uh, brats or uh, some schnitzel some fondue that's a good one yeah <laughs> so, raclette. good stuff. raclette is so good, good oh my gosh we need to make raclette sometime outside so good. not inside the house <laughs> i know right <laughs> have you ever been to a dutch type settlement in the midwest something like that I'm just curious. I would have to go. I haven't been, but I've heard and I follow a lot of like groups on Facebook that people post about there's 
the Netherlands or something, a town called the Netherlands, and uh, they'll show and it, you see the architecture and it's back to that uh, Amsterdam school architecture kind of thing. Uh, you see a lot of those things come by. There's even like, I, I even read on like, if, if you get like cheese at Safeway and it's like an American Gouda, they'll be made in like Pennsylvania or something like that and in some the town named Amsterdam or something similar to that. So there's there's definitely some things there that I feel like I need to revisit and, and definitely go to. Although the Pennsylvania Dutch are not Dutch. They're the German. <laughs> they are the German, uh, you know, Amish folk. They are not. I don't know why they're called the Pennsylvania Dutch. Deutsch. Deutsch became Deutsch. Dutch, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh -huh. But okay, yeah. I see where that came from. But you know, people call it Dutch and get that mixed up. <laughs> no, no, I think it's really great that we have. I mean, because really, everyone. I mean, America's not so old that anyone that lives here can trace their apart from the First Nation people back just a few generations. At some point, someone was an immigrant, and those. I still think it's fresh enough that we hold very true and deep to to some degree where we came from um, and where our ancestors came from because it's not that long which is weird how america has been able to create this multi-cultural melting pot for a lot of people that consider themselves americans yet still hold very strongly to these uh original basically mother nation uh origins and really are proud of those heritages but still assimilate. I think that's one thing that's very unique about America. It's the amount of people coming from all over, but identify first and foremost as an American, which is, I think, kind of a unique and a unique thing that you don't see all over the world. Um, whereas a lot of there's, you know, and of course we, have, yes, we have issues. Uh, we, you know, we don't. Back in the, the, the Italians, the you know, like we're considered. We're wanted to come here. The Italians or, or uh, every group has had their coming in and our prejudices and all of those things that worked against people. But in the end, you know, I think there's this optimism that just comes with this country where we can overcome this and we can become a people, which is really cool. Um, and it's just something that uh, for the most part, I think we can be proud of. But at the same time, yeah, we still have a long way to go for sure. Oh yeah, I think it's a. I think that's one of that diversity is one of our greatest strengths. You have, I mean, we really see that a lot here in the Bay Area. We have folks from all over, like Frida Kahlo, the Mexican artist, once said about San Francisco that it's the city of the world, is what she called it, um, which is true because you had the the Russian immigrants, the Hispanic neighborhood, the Italians, the Japantown, the Chinatown. You had like the Eastern European the germans everyone had like a you know and then you had the local native uh, folks as well everyone who was here who all kind of like created a community in the same areas in the same town work together and and you can still see that effect today um and i think it just enriches our lives especially like you know all the culture and the food and the you know the history and the people and you know it's not without even in the architecture even the architecture you could see russian orthodox churches if you walk through san francisco oh yeah you go through the richmond the old russian neighborhood you still see like the onion dome churches you see like the old mission down in mission 
Um, you see the Italian influence on North Beach. Like it's just kind of a microcosm of the whole country because you do see a lot of that across the, the whole country from, you know, from Maine to like Southern California and Seattle to Florida. You know, you see a variety and the history like kind of helps us become who we are today. Right. And so we're in danger if we forget that history, where we're from, whether it's your personal family history or who was here first before us, that we respect those traditions, as well as what we bring to the table when we come to a new area, because this is also a country where people are always on the move as well, right? So, you know, I, I didn't grow up in San Francisco, but I definitely have enjoyed my path and my journey to be here and what I can bring to this community and what it gives to me. Um, I think we definitely have to learn from that history and uh, add to it, you know? I think that's important, um, whether you're from from Holland like Luke or from Utah like us or like Germany like our father, George J.P., my dad, uh, came from there. So um, there's quite the journey that we can all learn from. Yeah, and I find it very interesting to come back to something Jordan was saying. Uh, I don't think there's a country in the world where 23andMe would work as well as in America because people <laughs> here <laughs> – they really embrace their heritage. Like, I know that probably in Europe, a lot of the people are probably been there for generations and things like that. So they don't even think about it. Uh, even myself, I haven't looked up my family tree just to see where we're from or anything like that. I know I had a great aunt from Germany somewhere, but nobody's really interested in that. And I feel like that is pretty unique about America is that you love that heritage but still you're one country like if you if you say if you chant usa anywhere every, everyone will start joining you in your town like that doesn't really happen there's a patriotism even though there's a big heritage from other cultures and and other parts of the, the world where you're from i think that's something to definitely you know applaud um, oh, it's definitely, yeah, I've asked, I've asked some friends about the 23 Me from Europe, like, well, what did yours say? It's like, well, you know, it said Sweden. <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> you know where they were from. Uh, <laughs> it's like the family hasn't moved much in hundreds of years, but uh, for ours, you know, I've got like the, the English, the Danish, the, the German, some Scandinavian, you know, so the variety of places where like, you know, my mom's side, my dad's side, different places. And the history and even i have a buddy um he uh once told me he's he's african-american and he'd done his family history as back as he the records would allow him back to the you know to the slavery time um but he was able to at least see where his uh family what region in africa his family came from which gave him a lot of um you know pride and comfort knowing like the region and the cultures and the and the uh, history of where his people were from which um, is pretty amazing. And, and, uh, I think no matter where you're from, we're all just a part of this, this nation and can be, uh, joint together and, and add to it. I think that's pretty, pretty great. Agreed. And I see it in, in the workplace as well. Like if I go to work, I'm working with people from Hong Kong. I work with people from India. I work from, with people from Russia uh, and they're all working there, collaborating together nobody's having it out with each other even countries that are fighting with each other uh you know india and pakistan my wife is from pakistani descent um she has friends here that are from india uh those kind of things all of those borders that we 
usually have in the world and where we are fighting with each other, uh, it stops. As soon as you get to a country and you have to live together, all of a sudden, none of those things matter anymore. We're here, we're just working. We, you know, we're surviving together and um, we're proud to be where we're from. And we, we love America in every way, shape, or, you know, I, I think that's, that's a great thing. I, yeah. I don't see that all over the place. And not to say that we're without our problems for sure, as we know, but um, the main thing is to focus on how we can build and come together, I think is, is important. And, uh, um, what was the thing I was thinking about? Oh, I wanted to ask you. So now that you've been here a few years and there's been some Dutch cultures that's helped build America, uh, quite a bit and, and things, but let, let me ask you what, what thing do you think we missed out on that should have come over, whether it's a food item or something from Holland that you're missing. <laughs> All of the food items. No, it's funny. There's a Dutch store in San Jose. So I still get some of my, uh, you know, <laughs> some of the sweets and, and the goodies that I miss from back home. Uh, black licorice. Americans don't understand the joy of black licorice. Nope. Nope. <laughs> uh, but there's definitely things that there's one thing that I wish I could get here. Now I have to make it myself, sort of. There's a kind of like a mystery meat. And I think you you guys from uh, your German heritage might know it as, as well. Don't bring up. Uh, what is it? Frickendel. Frickendel. That sounds so familiar. Explain it more. They might call it something different. So uh, it's basically minced meat. And it's mostly mystery meat, but there's some chicken in there, some beef in there. I don't know what else is in there. We never asked. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> no, this is new to me. How can I have been to Amsterdam many times and have not tried this? I'm looking this up right now that's that's definitely one thing and uh oh wait it's, it's deep fried it's deep fried so it's like a bar of meat <laughs> i had this fried. one it was in amsterdam last time in the little place where you pull it out of the yeah and that's the the other segue i wanted to go to is a store called fabo f-e-b-o yeah that's and where it went uh, it's named after ferdinand bull which was a poet back in the day but that's a street name in amsterdam ferdinand bullstraat where this store started this is a nationwide franchise. This is the McDonald's of Holland. And it's so funny. It's an entire wall, basically a vending machine sort of sorts, uh, where they put in, in every slot, they put in food. They put in hamburgers. They put in frikandel. They put in croquette. Uh, croquette is a uh, ragu, which is uh, has breadcrumbs on the outside of panko, and then deep fried as well. So it's very yummy. It's veal, uh, so everyone can have it. <laughs> it's all deep fried, right? So what's, how can you go wrong? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, well, our southern neighbors, Belgium, started the French fries, so we're pretty good at making French fries as well. Uh, that's funny always. I, I always think it's funny that they call it French fries because it has nothing to do with that. <laughs> Therefore, maybe the cut of the potato, that's why I always think it comes from because it's a Julienne cut. And Julian is a French name, so maybe that's how they come came up with French fries. Uh, that that's not from any book or a reference or Wikipedia. That's just knowledge according fart. to Luke. <laughs> brain fart, brain fart of my own. Uh, but yeah, so French fries. This was a, a tradition with my dad. We would every Friday, mom was out working, and me and him would be at home, and we would 
get a fricandel, a croquette, and some French fries, and we have these little frying pans at home. It's the it's the the like the external the the, the um, industrial ones that you see with the net, and it's just the machine that you just plug in. It's electric, and it just deep fries the stuff, and it's. Yummy. It's not good for you, but it's yummy. I can tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think that's a German thing at all. I've never seen a, a frikandel in, in in Germany. Just just when I was in Amsterdam. Okay. But you, you can claim that one. That's <laughs> good. No, but I need to try this. I'm just looking at photos of them. Right now. <laughs> they look amazing, and I'm seeing that they're sliced. Uh, a lot of times, uh, I don't know if this is normal. The pictures I'm seeing. There's, they can be sliced down the middle lengthwise and stuffed with like onions and then mayonnaise, like and, ketchup. mayonnaise and ketchup on top. And then some of them say then or, or a curry ketchup on it. Yeah, curry ketchup and is the, the best. The curry equivalent, Ooh, I guess, of a curry verse. Oh, yeah. yum. This looks The great. Berlin curry verse is a favorite of mine. So I've been robbed on all my trips to Amsterdam. What did, I was missing out. You should have spoken I'll, I'll with Luke some. first. <laughs> I'll order some. There's some Dutch stores that you can get them online, and then you can get them sent to your house uh, for a little surcharge. But it's uh, it's pretty good, pretty good food. I I don't get it. I've been to a Dutch store here. Their frikandel was not as good, uh, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, if I find the, the the correct ones, I'll definitely. Send you guys a, a little ping. Oh yeah, <laughs> so you that, can try them out. <laughs> I'd love to try it, and I do see Stroop waffles quite a bit uh, now these days everywhere. Uh, the, the really thin waffles with like press be- uh, with caramel in between. Yep. Um, and I guess they used to put those over their cup of coffee or tea or something and melt the caramel and then eat it in the morning. Um, really that's cool. something I see a lot of these days. Um, other influences, of course, that we know of, uh, of course, your major export tulips are all yes. over. Um, and they have like tulip festivals up in in uh, Washington, I think up near Seattle, they have a big tulip festival where they grow them up there as well. But um, it's definitely a well-known Dutch thing. Um, but it's definitely it's more than export. definitely more than clogs and storks, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Another big export is cheese, of course. Oh, yeah. How can you go wrong? <laughs> yeah. And the good part is you can get the good stuff here. I've, I've bought some in America, imported, of course, but it's still old Amsterdam. If you look it up, that's like my favorite cheese. My old favorite Amsterdam, old it's called? Yeah. yeah. All right. I'll look it up. I mean, I love I love the, I mean, I'm going to say the, the American way, the Gouda, but Gouda, Gouda Casa, mm-hmm. uh, is uh, really good, especially like the smoked Gouda. It's just a distinct flavor. You're not going to get any other cheese. Um, amazing stuff. Love it. I mean, how can you go wrong with cheese, right? So so I've got a qu- like German immigrants bring like Oktoberfest to the U.S. Do they do like Oktoberfest in Europe outside of Germany? Not in the way the Germans do, let's just say that. I know there's like some celebrations around that time in Amsterdam. You can go and find it. It won't be later Hosen. Uh-huh. Uh, it won't be big steins and a lot of beers, but still people enjoy themselves. They make their own little thing out of it. Yep. But yeah. It yeah. won't be as as grand as in Bavaria. Because like uh like in Utah you go to a snowboard and you go to Oktoberfest. It is it's a, a big tent is, and the big music every and weekend for you know however many weeks, 
Uh, everyone walk around in Lederhosen, lots of beer and lots of brats and lots of good food. Get my spätzle and my all the oh. good things. Oh, is that not the best? So good. Oh. Oh. So, so you mean, Luke? They don't have uh, they don't have wiener dog racing like they did at the one I went to in Denver. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's fun. Though. Pretty yeah. amazing. So, I mean, I don't know, um, our history view growing up here, I'm sure a lot of America and history you hear a bit over there, but it's a little different from our perspective, but I don't know. I think it's just that whole image of all of this coming together because it is such a melting pot, whether it's the, the, from Western Europe or Asia or, you know, South America, anywhere in the world, folks have made their way here. And left their imprint and i think that's added to our history um whether it be food items or culturally or the people i mean that's what it's all about right building our communities learning from each other um yeah that's pretty cool i like that and i i think it's a very uh rich rich thing to have as a country that you have so many cultures but you're still like living together and assimilating and keeping that history alive and keeping that heritage alive lot of like polish people as well italians and they they brought all their food too and it's it it became synonymous with america like pizza is synonymous with america nowadays even though it came from italy of course we're not going to say it's not from italy but it it has become its own thing like i can go to europe and you can find new york pizza or Domino's everywhere we tend to americanize a few things you know uh, when they get here so They may have its origin elsewhere, but it definitely becomes its own, own unique thing here um, as well, which is, is great. That's fine, right? Um, and it just becomes a new a new experience. I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, I remember back in my house when I was growing up, uh, they said that Americans, and I don't want to offend anyone, but they said Americans don't have a culture, like on its own. What What is American culture? Like if you go to Dutch and you can go back to like clocks, you can go back to cheese, you can go back to- Baseball and apple like pie, that. that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> so they always said like, it's there's not a much of their own, except maybe a hamburger or something when it comes to food that was actually invented here, you know? But all of the origins that come back to other places, maybe a hot dog or a hamburger, but these things are still, to me there's, and I've been here for four years, I think they were wrong. They haven't listened to jazz. (laughs) Exactly. You go back and you find a lot of things coming back to like America, definitely jazz, uh, baseball, American football. There's a lot of things that you can find here. And I think a lot of European countries can learn from that, especially when it comes to sports, because your guys are great supporters, way better than some of the European ones. (laughs) (laughs) At least there's no like, destruction at the end of the game (laughs) right which happens in some of the european countries uh and even the south american countries like that that's just what happens i know it has to do with passion it has to do a lot with that but and uh it's pretty good to see and i i went to a dolphins game back in, in last year in miami and it was funny they were playing the giants and you just see everyone sitting together and the guy that's for the Giants is sitting next to a, a Dolphin supporter and he's just, they're just egging each other on and it's just fun and it's still friendship and they're still like, give me a high five if the other team scored. And of course, there's not a high five being and, given, but there's still <laughs> fun and games, you know? 
doesn't happen. You know, in, in Holland, you get separated as supporters. Um, and sometimes you'll see it here in the same families, even you'll have different hats on. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, actually, a co-worker of mine who is big into soccer, uh, he's a Liverpool fan and his son is a Manchester United fan. <laughs> Rivalries. We're clashing next week on Monday, so that's going to be fun. <laughs> fun time at home. <laughs> awesome. Well, I think that's um, kind of the takeaway from this is the fact that we all came from somewhere and we all brought something with us, whether our family or ourselves. And it is important to know where we came from and also what has helped our communities become what they are. Um, who are the people that came before? What were their lives like? What were their struggles? What were their hopes and dreams? And, and it's probably very similar to ours. Just remember that as you see your neighbors, you know, those are folks that also have stories and histories that we can all learn from and come together. So uh, Luke, that's such a great topic. It gives us a lot to think about. Cool to think about some of the Dutch uh, origins of New York and some of those places. Um, take a look around your neighborhood and see, you know, what are the some of the origins of things around you? Street names, foods, places, people. You'd be surprised what you can learn. Def and definitely reach out to us. Uh, Give us your thoughts on, on the socials. Uh, we would love to hear from you. Uh, like I said, at SBCK Podcast or our website, sbckpodcast.com. Give us a shout out. We'd love to hear from you. Let us know what else we would like to hear us talk about. Again, thank you. Uh, my name is Jonathan. I'm Luke. And come rain or shine, I'm JP. All right. Get the quote in there. Bye-bye. Peace out. Bye.